Hello, and thanks for tuning in to Did Y'all Plan That? On this podcast, your girls and hosts, Ash and Ash, discuss all things life, love, friendship, therapy, healing, and everything in between. We call this Friendship Therapy for the Modern Black Woman. Welcome back to Did Y'all Plan That? I'm your girl Ashley. And my name is Asha. Does it sound like I'm going to laugh there? No. (laughs) (laughs) My name is Asha. I don't know. It's just always funny when we start the podcast. I find it, I don't know. There's always this like lull. (laughs) And when you say like, hi, my name is Ashley, I just feel like laughing and I don't know why. Maybe because you're so serious going into it. It's like you gather yourself before we start. Snatched. (laughs) Always. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. So this week, actually, I've been reading this book, and I've been telling you to get this book for so long. Yeah. And I, so I was reading a part in this oh, book. Oh, you reached far. I did. You're almost done. Yes, I am. So there was this part in the book that I actually wanted to bring up, and I think we had a conversation just yesterday about something okay. that came up, like, randomly. I don't remember. We were talking about... It was about love or something like that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so I had read this part, and the chapter is actually Sisterhood, Love, and Solidarity. Okay. Which is interesting. So I'm reading Communion, The Female Search for Love um, by Bell Hooks, and I really want you to read this nonetheless. But there's this passage in here that I wanted to read and share with um the folks who are listening but also as a way to part of the conversation sorry and i just wanted to get your opinion on it okay um i think it's really interesting um and lately we've been getting a lot of (laughs) comments on our friendship which we're kind of just like thank you because i don't know if like i mean we always tell each other like oh you know like we really appreciate this and that but like it's sort of just been like something that we share yeah so anyways so the passage goes Tell me if I'm going too fast. Okay. It goes contrary to popular myths that would have everyone believe that women in these groups did nothing but sit around bow nothing met. Let me start over again. <laughs> okay, let me give some context. So this, I'm like reading it. I'm like, Ashley's not going to get this. So this chapter talks about solidarity, love and, love and solidarity and sisterhood mm-hmm. and looks at partly like from a feminist perspective, Okay. but really questioning um, women to women relationships. Got it. Right? So it's really about our search for love as women, but also, um, how we interact and relate to other women. Mm -hmm. Also how patriarchy, uh, impacts how we treat ourselves and see ourselves and how we treat other women. That would be helpful. So this chapter talks about obviously sisterhood. Yeah. And there's a few pages before that, but this part really got to me. So it says, Contrary to popular myths that would have everyone believe that women in those groups did nothing but sit around bad-mouthing men, most of these groups began with women talking about how we saw ourselves and other women, how we acted. We openly confessed our fears and hatreds of other females. We talked about how to combat jealousy, the politics of envy, and so on. Part of the process of becoming a feminist was to critique and change our sexist ways of seeing one another. Sisterhood wasn't just about what we shared in common, things like periods, obsessive concern with our looks or bitching about men it was about women learning how to care for one another and be in solidarity not just when we have complaints or when we feel victimized Mm. and so i wanted to ask you 
um, what you thought about that, and even in our friendship. It's interesting, because I feel like, okay, although we have many conversations about men or whatever, like, I feel like our, our conversations are not limited to, you know, specific things. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like we tend to talk about a lot of things mm-hmm. anyway. And so, like, you and I, we tend to hold space in whatever conversation we want to discuss, mm-hmm. right, with no judgment. So I think... um it's interesting because in this case, it sounds like it's like a group of women, which I think would be a little bit different. Yeah, but I also, yeah, it is a group of women. <laughs> and um, I think it was more about like, what did it look at? Um, feminism and like becoming a feminist. It wasn't just saying a, uh, you are a feminist. You actually had to participate in these circles. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right? Yeah. So it's... and. And to say that is, it's not like, you know, every friendship that you enter or every friendship that we've entered, we've been this way, mm-hmm. right? Like friendships are different. Mm-hmm. Each friendship is different. Mm-hmm. And so when you hold space for someone and I have friendships where I hold space, but it's still different. Okay. Like friendships are different. Mm-hmm. So it's like what you're saying. You, you have to become like through having these conversations, like she's saying, mm-hmm. it's not just like one side. It's not just this one thing but do you look at it too like i think like even in the sentence not related to us specifically but more like as a reflection of what was saying what was like bell was saying in that the process of becoming a feminist was to critique or change our sexist ways of seeing one another uh sisterhood wasn't just about what we shared in common it was about women learning how to care for one another and be in solidarity not just when we uh, have complaints or when mm-hmm. we feel victimized. Mm-hmm. How do you see that? Like, how do you think oh, of that, that specific part? Yeah, and I think our friendship, I would say even, like, in our friendship, I don't even know. I think we talk about these things, but I don't think we've, like, I read this and I was like, wow. Like, we really, we do assess ourselves in our, in our, in our, in our I've never friendship. actually thought about how I may look at you yeah. through the lens of patriarchy. Yeah, and I've never thought about the same thing, but in our conversations... Like, maybe not directly to part patriarchy, but, like, how we see, or sexist, do we, like, I don't even know if there's, like, a sexist way we see each other. I mean, we are all conditioned to think a certain way or view things in a certain way. Right. Um, But I do still think that based on or dependent on your relationship or your friendship with others... That determines how you see them. And or naturally how you critique your own ways of being. So I'm also thinking about some of the challenge in our relationship and even in some of my other friendships because I've asked another friend too. I'm like, you know, can you tell me maybe something I'm missing about myself? I think in our friendship too, we're always like, okay, so where did I go? Maybe like where could I have improved? Maybe not yeah. necessarily go wrong, mm-hmm. but where can I improve in my interaction with people? Not necessarily thinking that we're going to be friends again, for example, or we're going to keep this person around. Yeah. But I think we do constantly challenge without thinking of it in a sexist way, our own thoughts, how we interact with other women. Um, yeah, and I'm honestly, I feel like I am very aware mm-hmm. of my biases. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm very aware of them. And so being aware is like you try to actively yes. change them through like, and it's not like one day it's like, okay, I'm changed. It's like, it's a process. It's it's it's, con, it's con, constant and consistent. Literally. Yeah, like it's it's a process. So I'm like, so I do think that a lot about me has changed in terms of how I view people, mm-hmm. the world, like mm-hmm. just everything in general. 
And so I do think I approach things differently. But of course I still have biases. It's of for sure. Of course I'm still unlearning a shit ton of things. Yeah. Right? Um, but it's interesting. I think it's interesting because she's saying that, like, we come together. And it's different because, like, a conversation between you and I is different. Like... The space is automatically there. It'd be different if we're like amongst a group of women. But I wonder how we would be if this, if if the whatever it was, like the engagement was set up to have a more like a conversation or like it it was a night out or something or we all got together and then we got to that point because I think in every conversation that we do have we bring up these questions where we're like you know who are you as a person but also in thinking of this in this conversation too it made me really think about myself and how I see myself first Mm. and how then that can really define and determine how I see other people or interact with other people whether I'm trying to improve or develop in a certain way or not but I think I'm reading this book for, everyone's reading a book for their own reasons, but I think in reading the book, like, it revealed to me how much more work on the self at a, on a continued basis needs to happen, um, but that always has to happen to ensure that, A, we don't fall back into same patterns or that we're constantly evolving, constantly questioning uh, and being critical, really, of how we engage with other women. Because there are many instances in the book, too, where I see, like, oh, dang. Like, I can see people competing against each other. And, like, we have conversations about this. Yeah. All the time. Um, It's interesting that you say that. Because I think, I think conversations like this can be provoking. Not thought-provoking, but it can just be provoking. Yeah. Like, people can just be offended. Yeah. Right? It's like, you know, do you look at things through your own lens and not the lens that was created for you? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and most people probably say, yeah, of course, but until they actually sit down and think about it, they, mm. they're going to be like, actually, no, like, you know, I've sat and we've sat down and, and thought about it. Like, I know I'm not looking at myself through my own lens completely. You yeah. know, I have a lot of unlearning to do, which is interesting. So I had this conversation with my therapist this week. Oh, and, this week. Yeah. <laughs> and I was, and I was talking, we were talking about, um, we were talking about, like, my inner child, like, all that stuff, and she was asking, and I was like, I don't seek validation from others, but, you know, the person that I present to others is not necessarily, like, my full self, mm. right? Like, it's not, it's like I'm presenting someone to them, mm. right? But I don't ever want to show this person one thing and then show this person another mm. thing. Like, I want, like, you know, across the board, people to be like, this is Ashley. But do you think in some situations that the person... Like, not all yourselves can be revealed. Well, no, this is what I was getting to. So, she was like, um, so who's, like, who are, who do you, like, who are you trying to, like, who are you trying to seek validation from? Like, why is this important? Right. And I'm like, myself. It's all about me. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't go out seeking other people's validation or seeking how other people view me. It's, it's like overall Mm -hmm. like you know it's like what back to what you were saying like you know the book made you realize you know there's some things how do you view yourself Mm -hmm. right and until I was like until she said who do you seek validation from and I'm like myself Mm -hmm. I didn't even notice that there was like this conflict within myself like Mm -hmm. within me so you just said myself like five times sorry yeah like I didn't know there's a conflict I didn't know I was having Mm -hmm. a conflict with me mm-hmm. right and how i maybe see myself mm-hmm. which is why i want other people to see me a certain way yeah we had this conversation though because i was telling you this past summer like there was that challenge for me i don't know if you remember yeah do you remember no you nod. 
Oh, okay. So when I was telling you when I was like, oh, I had that like breakdown and I was oh right. And yeah. I was, I was very upset. Like I was like, who, like, what is this? I think it was a moment of like, who is this person I see? Who is this person I am? Who is this person I want to be? And it was that conflict yeah. of, you know, seeing yourself and this is the world. And then knowing that maybe that's not you or you're there, whatever it was. Mm. I don't remember what the con, like, I, can't I remember, yeah. Right. The direct link. But it's the same, same thing that you're talking about of this conflict. And it's the same conversation we had today about conflicts in some, and people. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. It's like you realize, and I mean, I've been like, this is, I feel like, like even in my session with her, she was like, like, we've been here for a bit. Like, you know, like that whole idea of you, um, battling who you are versus who you want to be, mm-hmm. who other people want you to be, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I couldn't place it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so I think it's interesting because I feel like this book is, well, from the sounds of it, is helping you place certain things. This right? book, honestly, is so good. And there was this other part that we're talking about that you were mentioning that goes, that speaks to it. Um, I should have started, I started sticky notes way too far into the book and I don't highlight my text, mm. as you know. Um, but there was another part too. And it's like, I think it's looking, and we had this conversation about you know who you are now like you have changed and like your idea of happiness your idea of wants and desires will have evolved too right Mm -hmm. but I think there's something in the book that like you said placed it and really understanding that there's a place of love for yourself however you come to it and hopefully some folks do come to it that is consistent throughout your life I think it's a place that you return to but that you also live and exist from and I think um, I think in the midst of living it gets lost and that's why uh, it's hard to say like you go back to it because it is like you know how I say it's a pure feeling for you it's like it's your essence it's your being it's where you live and operate from but it doesn't mean that as you grow older your your wants and needs change. I think it it, it relies on each other. Like it relies on I don't on think both. everyone. I don't think. Like I understand what you're mm-hmm. saying, but I also don't think everyone knows what loving themselves is. No, and this is the book. The book exactly. The book literally says. Yeah. There's this other part. I wish I highlighted it because it was literally the most telling part of the book for me. It solidified the book, and essentially what it says is that folks. Um, some folks uh, are too afraid. Fear overtakes their po- poss- the potential for them to love themselves or mm. self-love, right? Because fear is also riddled with a bunch of other yeah. things, yeah. right? So it's not to say that everyone experiences it. And the book literally says not everyone experiences it mm-hmm. because of all these other things, right? So I think you're fair to, in, the, in the assessment to say that. But it's also like when I look at you and I'm like, Ashley, like... You know, right now where you are is like when you say like I move with love, I this like for a moment. And this is the thing uh, when I say I want to return to that place where I felt like this just immense sort of like profound what you called overwhelming sense of like self love. I wouldn't say awareness. Did I say overwhelming? You said well, you're like overwhelming, but that might not be the right word. Oh, yesterday, <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. And that's what I was like, Ashley. Like that's what I see it now. You as, and I'm like, I get it. Like reading this book, I'm like, I get it. And so when I say I want to return to it, because 
you always say, I want to move with love, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think because your desires change or wants change if you're, like, 50, you're going to change that you want to move with love. Oh, absolutely not. Right? So it becomes this piece of you. But I think life, too, will throw you off that course. And so when I say I want to return to that, not that I want to be that person, but I want to know because that feeling, I know what that felt like and I know what it was like to operate from that place. I want that to be the place I return to, the place I operate from, right? Mm-hmm. It's interesting because I feel like uh, I feel like when you talk about returning, mm-hmm. uh, I always feel like there's always like, you know, when life happens and things happen mm-hmm. and like it takes us off that course of maybe moving with love or living in love or whatever it is. Whatever you define uh, as, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think those moments change where we were. So I don't feel like we're ever returning. I think we're we're evolving and like experiencing it in like a new profound way. I I like, with be- a new appreciation. Yes, and I think I believe I not I think I believe that. I do believe that. But I think like at the root of it is the basis and understanding of it it really goes back to me what this says is like for me at least it's knowing um it's knowing and loving who you are because so easily we can become everything else. We can become our relationships. We can, and that's why I'm saying you return to it because you're returning home, like returning to yourself. Mm. And I think, and I think the book says this, and once you read it, we'll have other conversations, but you have to know that you have to work on loving yourself to know that part of yourself to be able to return to self. Mm. That's how I see it. And I don't think, and I think, uh, and, and they were saying, Bob was saying like later in life, people realize that this is finally who I am. It's always later. It's so interesting that you say later on in life, because, you know, we see like, we see celebrities, we can use celebrities because everyone can relate and they share their lives on internet Mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you see how people change their lives or, you know, adjust or, like, say these things as they're getting older that they want to experience. They're just they're just coming to, like, self-love at 40, 50, 60, right? And they've lived this whole life not knowing, well, probably knowing who they are and knowing what they want, but not... Suppressing seek- it. Like, but, yeah, and not seeking those things yeah. because... You know, whatever life, you know, society, whatever and that's it is, what the validation book, yeah, from yep. others, all those things yeah. come into play. So it's interesting because, I mean, you know, we're fortunate to be here now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting. And I've seen something. What did it say? Like, I can't remember where I saw it. It's, it's like the perfect quote. I think it's from a show or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guy was basically saying, like, you know, if you operate out of a place of not knowing who you are, you're fucked. And this is what it says, too. You'll continue to be fucked forever. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. Like, you continue to operate that way where you're not loving yourself, you're not speaking, like, you're not living in your truth, you're always going to be fucked. This is what it was. If you can't master, you have to be able to master your thoughts. If you master your thoughts, you'll experience self-love in a way that just... It, it can be, as I said, overwhelming. Well, I can see, I can see that being a thing because also in the book, okay, first of all, my bad. I should have, all the parts I'm referencing, I should have like things so I could refer yeah. to them. Regardless, the book was just for me at the point until I read that thing and I was like, mm, sisterhood. But I can see that being a thing 
because mastering your thoughts also means not telling yourself something other than what you actually feel. So I can see that completely, like not be completely, but I can see that being a very real part of the self-love. In the book, um, Belle also says that um, we naturally women um, are, are um, not assumed, but like socialized, yes, um, and known as nurturers. And mm. so the question is, do we even know love? Do we actually... Bro, I just had this conversation with my therapist. This is so weird. Really? I literally... You know what's so funny about like, this? I was, was like, actually... Wednesday or, or Tuesday or something? I don't even remember what day That's it was. That's so weird because I was like... On, before this episode, I was like, Ashley, I have something to talk about. I hope it goes well. And I was like, it's part of the book. So she I has was, no clue. I literally <laughs> was just saying to her, like, I do not know... If I know love, Hence, did you and she's like, <laughs> like, what the hell? Like plugging in, um, yeah. Like I literally just, I was saying to her, like I lit, I don't, I don't know if I know what love is, mm-hmm. and and it's because I, like, I was basically saying to her, like, you know, she's like, what kind of love are you talking about? I'm like, overall, like, yeah, I can talk about platonic love. I can talk about, but people are always, and I was saying this to her, like, people are always saying, you don't know love until you're a mother, right? Mm. Like, people have said that, like, they're like, a mother's love is different, it's da 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 and I get that, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not a mom, so I can't, yeah. I can't dispute it, but I'm also an aunt, a godmother, right? But the other thing, too, well, you are that, but the other thing in saying that is that, even in that, have we realized, if we're waiting to be a mother and a mother's love, are we learning to love ourselves? Exactly. And for me, I'm like, but I love these kids. Like, I love oh, them. Okay, separate from, yeah. You know what I mean? I love them. I would do anything for these kids. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And so I'm like, if that's not love, like... But that is love. But I'm also, even in the context or the conversation that we're having, right? Like, that would go back to even what Belle is saying. There's this expectation that we're you socialized don't know love these, until, yeah. with these nurturers. So we wait for this love and understanding of love when we're a mother, as society expects women to be. Yeah. Right? And so what is love before that? And honestly, I will say, like, you have shown that. I feel like I've experienced that before. Like, it was the most, I swear, it was, like, super blissful. But I will say, even through this friendship, I've learned what love is yeah. and should be, which yeah. is interesting um, because that came outside of love. Will I say it translate necessarily into a relationship? Maybe not. But I think you have to learn love independently and it yeah. can be shown at the point of the book. It can be shown through other women. Yeah. How to, and this is the conversation that she has is like, we look for these relationships in heterosexual relationships or socially like we're conditioned to feel like the love should come from a man, and then she goes on. But I don't think we're, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy that you said that. Sorry, like my my brain was like, like. <laughs> so I'm happy that you said that because, like, as you were speaking, I was thinking that I actually don't even think women are taught like, like through society to seek romantic love like in a partner i don't think we're actually we're not love i think men are but women aren't we're meant to seek um protection and okay so you know what's so funny about that because what's the other way they also security 
Security, there's another word. Stability? Like, stability, there's another word. I'm going. Provider, we're meant to, oh. we're, we're, <laughs> I was like, I another, yeah, we're meant to find a provider. Okay, so, they, Belle also talks about that in the book, and so, um, it comes up as, it's funny because women, as the nurturers, are supposed to be teaching men, their children, <laughs> how to love, <laughs> yet we don't even know the love for ourselves, and we don't even know the love that we should be receiving from a partner. Yeah. And then you go on to say we're conditioned to look for a provider. So they also go on to say we like just socialize men to be these like void of feeling, void of this, void of that. And so we've created, it creates this relationship, not we've, but it creates this relationship where there's an imbalance of seeking, like we're teaching and nurturing apparently, Mm -hmm. but there's a void, a lack of that in our own lives and understanding of ourselves. And then we're teaching, we're expecting it from people who we've conditioned to be emotionally like absent. Yeah, unavailable. Unavailable. And so what do relationships then become? So I think even as a provider, yeah, we are conditioned to that. But then we also condition, we look for all these things in the relationships. We don't know how to necessarily in, uh, relate to women in the way that we should be because of oh my god, sexism, patriarchy. Like, competition. Competition like, was a big thing. Because our, like, our whole being is taught to like find someone, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, oh, I want him. And if she wants him too, then it's a competition. And there can only Men be don't- one. Men don't compete for women. No, that's what the book says. <laughs> Honestly, this is like... No, I men should read this book. Like, men literally don't compete for women. If anything, they'll have more than one. They're like, ooh, I can have her. Ooh, I can have her. And it's like, socially, it's like, oh, he has more than one girl. If a woman says, ooh, I want him, ooh, I want him. She's a whore. And there's this thing that says that we've adapt- adopted this whore bad bit. Like, if you are someone who is... Uh, there's this idea to around women who are successful and having to ad- ad- adopt these names, these these defining names, because socially, a men aren't. Uh, we've conditioned them to be providers. The expectation is that they're providers, so they don't want someone who's smarter than them or who out um, who takes away from their success. You can be successful, but only so much. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that, like, women, especially women that, like... This is all from the book. Yeah, I know. But, (laughs) sorry, it's interesting that the book says that women adopt these titles onto them. Oh, yeah. Especially when they're in, like, places of power or, like, Mm -hmm. you know, influence. Um, We could say influence now because it's, like, like, what we're in now, right? Sure. But I think it's interesting because in taking up these titles that are meant to make us feel... I don't know, empowered or whatever. It's also, we're using language that, like, is meant to diminish. Exactly. Exactly. Right? So we're using this language meant to diminish when we're actually trying to empower, but really all it's doing is making men feel better. And this is my thing with, side note, this is to digress, but this is my thing with certain words and language and, like, reclaiming certain words and language because... Mm-hmm. It does bring, it goes back to, it, I mean, it's an individual thing, but more largely and broadly, the conversation is about ideas of power and like where these words came from and how we claim them and why we claim them and the way that we use them. And 
Um, yes. So, yeah. It's interesting because for me, like, if a man was like, yo, like, yo, bitch, I'd be like, excuse me, who the fuck are you talking to? Same. You know what I'm saying? Same. Like, it would be this, but if my friend's like, bitch, I'm gonna be like, be like, you know it's what I'm saying? It's very odd. I feel like it depends on who's saying it, right? But I, it still goes back to us using these words to empower, but not necessarily understanding the implications of it because men probably don't see it as power. You know or in mean? the larger, con- like, the social context. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it's as- not, yeah, it's not being viewed as that. It's being, it's like we're, we're saying, I'm a bad bitch. But really, to a lot of people, they're like, you're just someone that does this and does that and does this and for this money. Is, and this is exactly another point in the book where it becomes like, instead of empowering people, you start to tear people down. And it's to the standard that, and I don't remember where it was, but um, that, um, anyways, you begin to police other women and their successes, and then you, what's the word? You like uh, villainize them, villainize, yeah. You villainize them um, based on their successes or whatever it is that they're doing. So that was another thing that had come up. Um, That's interesting. In That's mm-hmm. interesting. Honestly, I don't know. I just, yeah, I just, um, I don't know. I just feel like. Um, oh my god! It's right women. here. I actually highlighted it. Did you? Yeah, the point that I was saying with the about, marker with this. It says, oh. um. It says... Okay, I'm sorry. And then also it talks about love. So, okay, the first... The preceding paragraph says... by Well, end of the paragraph says... By choosing to be powerful, they are, they are automatically positioning themselves outside a matrix wherein they will be perceived as women who can give and receive love. Despite rigorous and ongoing feminist challenges to, ne- uh, to negative stereotypical sexist images of powerful women, particularly high achievers, these images prevail. The intensity of their hold on mass culture's imagination is so strong that many young women seeking to be independent, powerful, and successful have simply embraced the idea that they are bitches. <laughs> their uncritical acceptance of this mm, image is prodoma- problematic. Pardon? That part too, yeah. It helps perpetuate sexist stereotypes. I'm reading in the dark about powerful women. Young women want to embrace the hard bitch image because it keeps them from having to confront the pain that comes, from, that comes when females are punished for choosing to be self-actualized and successful. Even though it may require daring, may require daring for a female to try, sorry, transgress boundaries and disrupt the image of femininity that would have us all be good girls, this transgression does not place her outside the traditional sexist norm. It is those traditional sexist norms that divide women into Madonna or whore, saintly nurturer or, be- or bitch goddess. A female who chooses to be a bitch is actually choosing to stay within the boundaries sexism has prescribed for us. She is neither a genuine rebel nor a revolutionary. She is merely capitulating to the sexist notions that to be powerful, she must be a bitch. Thank you. I'm done now. <laughs> did you get, did you hear what I said? I did. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. I had no light there, and okay. I was like. There's a lot there. And so, okay. There, there is a every lot section there. of the book is there's a lot there. I'm like, I have to read this as Ashley. There's a lot. Club. There's a lot there because, um, I don't know. I feel like okay. I get what she's. I get what she's saying, mm. right? And I agree to a point in that 
you know, we are boxing ourselves in by, we could be boxing ourselves in by using these words and be like, yeah, I'm a bitch. Yeah, I'm a bitch. And like, you know, taking on this role because you're in like, you're in a position of power or, you know, you've made a name for yourself or you're successful. And so you take on, you've taken on this persona of, you know, bitch, because that's what people view you as or expect you to be because, you know, you've made something for yourself. That's, that's, you know, that's like staying into the, in the construct of like, you know, the word bitch or like how society views women that are, you know, powerful or not necessarily powerful. Or even calls them too, like she's a bitch. You know? And so, but at the same time, I feel like, you know, and it goes back to this whole reclaiming of words. Mm -hmm. Um, I think some women are okay with that, Mm -hmm. you know? And I don't think necessarily it's a, you know, they feel like, I don't necessarily feel like they're like staying in a box. I think they're just like, yeah, okay. And I'm a bitch. And? I think, too, I think that's part of, I honestly would agree. I think that's some of the reclaiming as well. But even in our own lives, I see where we question, like, what is a bitch? Someone who's successful, why must they be a bitch, right? And that, if that's how you're viewing it as, like, yeah, I'm a bitch because I'm successful, then, yeah, you've, you've boxed yourself in. But if you're, like, I'm a bitch because I'm a bitch, it's nothing to do with my success, but everything to do with me, let someone try me and I'll show you who a, who a motherfucking bitch yeah, I see that in the workplace and in, uh, like, your personal life. Yeah, it shows up. And it's interesting because I've seen this um, TikTok of this girl saying, uh, people think, what did she say? People think it's offensive when you call me a bitch, but, like, I am a bitch. Was she black? Yeah. And I also think it's different for black women. Like, I think especially because black women are ridiculed mm. um, in in to me, um, in different ways. And constantly, I think in a lot of instances, defending what they have to say, you partly have to, maybe you're not a bitch necessarily. I don't think maybe that's the term that we should be using. It's more being assertive, right? Like even like when people use being a bully, like you're not a built bully, you're being assertive. Yeah. Getting your point across isn't bullying. It's it's getting your point across, yeah, right? Yeah. But all these negative uh, notions or connotations associated with certain words and then people in the process reclaiming those words and having to defend those words or defend themselves, yeah. I think is also um, something, I guess, like, it's not, it's problematic. It's truly, it's problematic. Yeah. It is problematic on so, in so many ways. And then it also, I think, looks at, like, the many layers of feminism and some of the struggles with feminism, um, womanhood, the yeah. workplace, sexism, uh, patriarchy, and those sort of things. Um, but even in my work, like, even when we say, you know, like, even when we're questioning each other, and I'm like, you know, is that bitchy? And it's like, it's not necessarily, I don't know if we even use that word. Or Do like, we ever say that? I don't think so. <laughs> um, but it's more like, we're always like, I really Is that mean? We're like, like, is that mean? Is that is it something? Too, yeah, or is it too yeah, yeah, yeah. Or is it, no. But I find, okay, I do find that sometimes people um, don't want to come across as, you know, I guess mean or too assertive. That's another thing too... she says that, the, that Belle says in the book, you know? Yeah. It's this idea that we're always teetering around. And it's so funny because I could think back to our friendship. I was talking about women in friendships mm-hmm. and how they uh, interact with each other, but 
yet we don't want to be stepping on each we not necessarily don't want to be stepping on each other's toes but we don't we're not forthcoming in our relationships because we're not a moving from a place of love within ourselves so mm-hmm. self-love mm-hmm. and then how do we share that with other women and then we have this other this other um sort of not line but another what would you call it like not a boundary but another big bridge to cross if you will yeah um where our interactions with each other are um tainted by that right and they're impacted by our inability to be honest with ourselves and confront some of those things in our own lives and, and how we get to self-love in our own lives mm-hmm. and then in the relationships. But really, the, like, it's a lot to do with, and that's why I said through our friendship, I've learned so much about love because even in some of the past friendships, and I've told you, and I'm like, reciprocity is this big thing. Yeah. Right? Like, I realized, and it was not until later in my 20s that I realized what friendship should look like to me. And it's not expectation, it's reciprocity. Yeah. Right? And reciprocity, in the most basic form, is being able to tell your friend how you feel. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not about asking, like, I don't think we've ever... I don't think there's a time in our friendship where we've ever said, don't tell, can you not tell anybody this? I've never, I don't recall saying, don't, don't tell, tell anyone what, though. Exactly. The trust is established. The reciprocity is Oh, there. we never say that. No, and, but, we don't. Sorry, that was like a very, but that's what I'm I was trying, like, what? <laughs> I'm just thinking in our friendship, the yeah. things that exist without having to be told, right? Yeah. I don't know how we got there. I don't have the blueprint of how we got to where we are in our friendship. But I think neither do I. But I think a lot of it, yo, we spent a lot of time chatting, bro. <laughs> but even in the early days, I don't remember saying, Ashley, don't tell anyone, please don't tell anyone. No, but this. we spent chatting, we were chatting, chatting, like chatting at the gym or non stop. Like, we were two hours at the gym chatting, okay? There was times there- I showed up to the gym to chat like you know what i mean like i'd be working out you would just be telling me a story like just sitting on the bench like it was literally where we socialized it was and then then chat again in the car if like one of us drove to the gym like we were just chatting so you know i think uh i think that you know uh set the foundation but do we talk enough with each other like not we (laughs) We know we talk too much, but do as we- women, yeah, it's very interesting because I find, and I've been finding this more recently, mm-hmm. that, um, you know, I've been friends with people for a long time that have no idea who I am. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where other people would be like, like that's Ashley. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Are you shocked that she's upset by that? Like, mm-hmm. of course she'd be upset by that. Mm-hmm. You know, and these people are just like. Like, totally, like, lost. Like, they have no idea what would upset me and what wouldn't, Mm. you know? And so, it's interesting that you say that because I think, you know, some women take the time to actually speak to each other and get to know each other. And then some women just party with each other. And I... You know? And there's no conversations that are had. And some people are not ready to have conversations. Some people are not ready to confront themselves, which is, I think, another... You know, yeah, yeah, it's it's something else that, you know, either you're going to be along for the ride or not... You know, we're not obligated to, you know, keep everyone around until they decide they want to confront their own whatever. Sure. But it's just, you know, I think it's something that we kind of have to accept. But, yeah, I don't know. This conversation was, (laughs) 
It had a lot in it. There's a lot. There's a lot, lot here. Anyway. I'm going to have to buy that book. Is Indigo still open? Nope. They close in 15 minutes. You can oh. also order it and have it shipped to the public. I'm literally going to do Are that. You? It's so... But I have like five gift cards, so I'm trying to use those. <laughs> do I need a book? Okay. <laughs> it's friendship for you oh man well thank you so much for listening I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation I did thank you for sharing those passages I'm gonna go buy that book everyone else go buy that book it's called what? Communion um, The Female Search for Love by Bell Hooks and I want to hear we definitely want to hear I'm gonna go purchase it sorry we I want to hear but I have to read it like y'all have to read it so you know maybe we'll start a little book club I think so for this book I'm down Okay, I know. She doesn't want to read any of my fiction <laughs> books, whatever. Uh, but yes, yeah, thank you for listening. I'm your girl, Ashley. And my name is Asha. Peace.